Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. Welcome to Latino Stories. I'm Elena Fowles. Hoy me acompaña Reb Marie. Rebel Mariposa is a Yanawana-based two-spirit Tejana with a passion for ancestral healing through food, art, and activism. They are the chef and owner of the highly acclaimed and nationally recognized La Botanica San Antonio. Bienvenida a este episodio, Reb. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, did you grow up here in San Antonio? Yes, um, I'm born and raised here in San Antonio, um, close to like I-10 and West Avenue. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. And um, is your family also from San Antonio? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so I'm about fourth generation Tejana, mm-hmm. so we've been here for a long time, and part of that is um, I have some lineage that just didn't move, right, and just the borders right. and the identity and, mm-hmm. and ownership of the land changed, mm-hmm. so we, some of my family has just been here for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have a, a, a great grandmother who is, um, you know, Mexican Apache from this area, uh, curandera, mm-hmm. uh, birth worker, and so she, you know, when my mom knew her, was doing stuff on the south side of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you grow up um, uh, speaking Spanish too? No, actually, I grew up. Uh, pretty typical Texas, you know, Mexican-American at that generation. So I was born in 1980. Mm -hmm. So my parents were just coming off of being, uh, you know, slapped with rulers, you know, told not to speak Spanish. And so they didn't really want to speak it, have us speak it. So it was mostly English. And then they used Spanish to kind of communicate with each other. Right. Um, So you pick up on certain things. And of course, like commands, right, in in different, you know, (laughs) orders and stuff. Like, you know, things like that, you know, that they just automatically came out and we learned. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I didn't didn't grow up speaking fluent Spanish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're here to talk about food. And mm-hmm. your and the memories that you have, and you know your your um, restaurant, La Botanica. Uh, what food memories do you have of like growing up? I, you know, I have one of my fondest memories I have is you know being um, in Von Army, Texas, where my grandmother had moved from being in Junction for many years, and then moved to Von Army and had this little trailer, and on her counter, she would be making fresh tortillas mm-hmm. de harina, mm-hmm. and she would have me roll them into little balls. And I remember I wasn't really even tall enough to see the top of the counter, <laughs> but I could just like reach up and put them on there, right. you know? And I just, and it was because it's a, it was a trailer, it was so small, the quarters, and I just remembered enjoying that, just being so close to her. Mm-hmm. And even though it was really like at her, I guess her, her height, I mean her waist, mm-hmm. where it was in my height. And so... Um, I just, I have a vivid memory of like the carpentry, you know, and mm. her from the waist down and, you know, and so that's one of my uh, fondest food memories. Right. How much um, did you, were you part of meal preparation as a young girl? Um, a, a little bit, not too much. Um, I have a lot of more memories of just playing and being mm-hmm. called in um, mm-hmm. to cook. 
I, um, you know, for a while there, my mother was a single mom. And so there was, you know, kind of preparing meals for myself or then, then I feel like I have more memories of, of being involved in meal preparation mm -hmm. because for a while it was just like the two of us. And, and so, um, you, I wanted to share in that responsibility. And if, you know, if she was working late, I had to feed myself. And right. so, um, yeah, I think that's when I feel like I have more memory mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of taking more responsibility in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so did you have a sense of, you know, when as, as a young person, did you have a sense of the ingredients that were that you were using sort of, you know, what what was home to you in terms of food? Yeah, I think when I think of that, it's, again, back at my grandmother's trailer and, you know, on the dining room table and, you know, just thinking about, you know, the canikisada, the fresh flour tortillas, you know, the, the cheese, the freshly cut, you know, cucumber with tomato and onion, some vinegar, mm -hmm. and and just passing those things around. So, you know, always eating family, what they call family style, right, right? right. In, in, in communion and, you know, and, and being aware of, you know, you know, how much you take, mm -hmm. right? And so those, those are kind of the memories. And when I think about ingredients too, I, I, I just, I see that table setting. Mm -hmm. And I, and even now my grandmother's been gone for a while now and oh, it's making me emotional to think about it, but I miss that. Mm -hmm. I would give anything to sit at that table again one more time. And, and then also, you know, after we would eat, it would, you know, clear the table off and either take a nap or, you know, depending on if it was summer, it was definitely take a nap mm -hmm. um, or play, play some cards, you know. So it was, I loved that about the dining room table mm -hmm. was that it was not just where we ate, but it was also where we played mm -hmm. and, and, um, and shared stories. Right. You know, you make me think when you said, um, you know, what your level, you know, uh, as your height <laughs> and what you, you could see and how much attention we put to those things, right, depending on where we are, uh, you know, in, in our own perspective. And, and I also think about the smells, right, because I, I, I remember just growing up and associating cer certain smells with certain people, certain houses, or, um, you know, like uh, maybe a tradition that my mom, like when she made um, empanadas, and uh, she always uses, still to the day, she always uses, um, instead of yeast, she puts a beer in the, in the dough. Mm -hmm. uh, so the smell of like dough with beer, you know. And, um, so I, you know, I have those memories of um, of that type of like food preparation and being there and like getting a little, you know, stool to help her, you know, uh, um, just get my hands into the dough and things like that. Um, can you think of that too? Like, is there a certain smells that you... Um, I don't know, associate with times, with uh, maybe people too. Yeah, um, yes, definitely. So the grandma I've been speaking of is my grandmother, Evangelina Lopez. Mm -hmm. And I just want to make sure I say her name. Right. And um, so she's my father's mother. Mm -hmm. And my father is one of 12, grew up as a migrant farmer here in, in Texas and, and also up in Michigan. And I had an uncle who's passed away uh, and he was had this green thumb and so mm -hmm. in the back of the trailer he would always have a garden set up and he would grow these tomato plants mm -hmm. and every time i smell a tomato plant now i think of my tío fino mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful memory i can i you know sometimes i just grab the leaves in my plants and just you know rub them right. just to get a whiff of of his memory and also that time right mm -hmm. of of my life and just mm -hmm. being out there you know south of san antonio 
you know, playing, you know, at, in, on the earth, in the earth, in the creeks, and, right. you know, running in wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even in the heat. <laughs> yes, even in the heat. <laughs> even in the heat. Um, so now you are a chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you continue, you know, to be in the kitchen in different ways. And um, so what are some of the primary ingredients that you like to use in your kitchen, kitchen and in your cooking? I love to try new things. I'm, I'm really big on, I'm an, I have a very adventurous spirit. So um, right now, my main thing I'm working with is amaranth mm-hmm. and experience, experimenting with, with amaranto mm-hmm. and, um, you know, learning about it, you know, popping it, uh, you know, using it in a stew. I, used, I recently made an atole with it. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm working with now. Um, I try to, my main focus now is really try to focus on traditional and native ingredients that are, you know, growing here um, in San Antonio region, Yanawana, Tejas. And, and, and it's interesting because those things change because the climate is changing so much. Right. So, uh, you know, I have a small garden in the f- back of my house, in the front of my house, and I've been experimenting for the last several years um, as far as like what grows and what is it, you know, the sun and the temperature, but it, it, it has to shift every year because the temperatures are getting hotter and hotter and are drier, even May with all that rain, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's so, it's very interesting to be growing food in these times mm-hmm. and thinking about ingredients. Uh, but I've always been really into ingredients. That's even, I think maybe as a teenager, when I started to think about um, just being all natural, and my mother was, you know, a tomboy. And so she was, you know, and I didn't ha- I don't have memories of like my mother putting makeup on and me just watching her as a little kid. Like, no, my mother, you know, is very basic. And, and as far as makeup, she put some lipstick on and maybe use it for some blush. But it was, you know, it was so it was in our household, it was very much, you know, natural. We didn't really have a lot of like drugstore medicines. It was a lot of natural remedies. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, whole foods and, you know, think try to stay away from chemicals. And, you know, I think when, in the time that I grew up, that was really looked at as, oh, that's such a, like, white hippie thing to do. Mm-hmm. But really, I had, to, I had, as I got older, I started being like, it's not, I'm not a hippie, I'm indigenous, I'm, right. I'm an Indian, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. that's I'm native, and that's the native way, that's the indigenous way, is to use what's around you, mm-hmm. and, um, and to think about every part of the plant, and can you use it all, and how can you use it, and I really love that about right now is, um, I see it trending on TikTok and Instagram is, you know, use every part of the plant, you know, try not to waste anything. And so, you know, people are talking about canning and they're talking about juicing and what to do with the pulp and just, you know, and all these things. And and what that does is really help us stay in relation with the earth. And that's super important. So for me, it's not so much about the specific ingredient Mm -hmm. as much as it is about the relationship mm-hmm. you're having to that ingredient. And some of them are, you know, I can't make a flour tortilla without thinking about my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But I didn't grow up with anyone using amaranto. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm creating new memories. I'm creating a new experience. And so I like that balance. Right, right. And that's so important what you say about learning um, what grows in in specific places right and and learn how to use that I'm not good so maybe I'll I'll bring you over to my house and (laughs) you can show me around but um um so I um a few years ago um in in Ohio I went to this community garden this uh, started by this organization and they were 
situated in a in an area in a neighborhood that was primarily immigrant neighborhood and primarily um, uh, Latinos, right? Uh, many of them uh, Mexican and Central American. So they had, you know, they had all kinds of, um, you know, produce there um, that um, the community can come and get, you know, free and everything. Um, but they also had this, and I forget the name in English. I keep, for, I always for, forget it. Um, they had this, uh, what they consider weed, verdolaga. Okay, yes. Um, growing. And so the, the people from the organization, they were tearing it out, you know, and like throwing it away. And then the people, you know, the community is like, no, 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 don't throw that away. We, we, we use that. We eat it. Yes. <laughs> and I love the response of this organization. She's like, oh, we didn't know. Teach us, right? And, and, um, and now, obviously, they, you know, they, they leave it a bee and then the people, you know, come and get it. But, but yeah, understanding and knowing, I think there's a lot of learning for me included about what uh, we could use, what's good for us, when and what um, um, not only foods, but remedies, right? That's yes. something important also within um, our culture, indigenous culture, you know, as Mexican, yes. Mexican-Americans and, right. and, and having that as part of what we do in our homes, right? Right, absolutely. And, and it, it makes me think about how there really are no accidental plants, right? So like in my garden, you know, I'll, I'll think about, oh, you need a weed, right? And so I'll be like there and I'll be like, look, little plant, I like you, you know, there's nothing <laughs> personal, but I, I need space for something else, you know? And because I, the, I, you know, I, I also think about kale, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, kale used to be used as the garnish on a catering. Right. Like they would put the kale down and then right. put the stuff on top. And then, you know, all of a sudden now kale's a superfood, right? Mm -hmm. and the thing is, is kale's always been mm -hmm. as nutritious and as important since it's, you know, formation on right, this earth. Right, so right. I think it's that reminder of, you know, don't just disregard mm -hmm. what's growing, what's been growing. You know, sure, there can be some invasive species that we need to, like, think about and handle. Um, yet it's just that having that kind of consciousness of going, is this a weed to me? Um, or is it, you know, or is it, um, or do I need to shift my mind and really think about mm -hmm. what this plant is and is it useful and how is it useful and where is it useful, mm -hmm. right? Because it might be an invasive species to us, but it's somewhere else up north or down south. It's, that's what they need, right? right. And it's important, so. Right, mm -hmm. right. Um, what other um, indigenous uh, ingredients or practices do you use in your, in your kitchen and your cooking? Um, I think another big ingredient here uh, in this area of, you know, what we now call Texas is, is mesquite, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, corn, of course, you know, different types of beans, um, different types of um, juniper, uh, juniper berries we can use instead of pepper. And um, so, yeah, just uh, Mustang grapes are also native. And you brought um, epazote. I brought epazote, yes, <laughs> which is like a small tree in my yard. Um, it, it's just fascinating to me uh, right now that it got so big. Uh, and so, but I love that there's like a saying that if if one person in a neighborhood has epazote, everybody does. Mm -hmm. And I and I love that idea of thinking like if some if because plants, as you know, can mm -hmm. be, you know, uh, they need they know exactly what they need to grow, and you can put a plant on one side of your sidewalk and then on the other and the one's thriving and the other one's right so right. I, I love that idea of thinking that like if if rosemary is thriving 
in my in my vecina's yard. But mm-hmm. okay, I don't really need to force it to grow in mine. Right. right? And she doesn't have to force epazote in hers, right? Because we can just walk over, or you know, and share what we have, and just honor the plants to grow where they want to grow. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's really interesting. I, I need to I need to go talk to my neighbors. <laughs> yes, yes. See, what, what's growing here? <laughs> yes. And what can we share? But yeah, I mean, but that's also like this idea of communal, right? Um, eating and sharing of uh, different goods, you know, throughout Absolutely. Um, your yard, your um, your backyard, your, yeah, your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and that's, it's really important that we do that with food and and in our lives in general, because we've been so socialized to be individual and to think that to be, to do it on your own is the best way, right? And, and you know, gold star for that. In, in reality, that's not true. Nobody really does it on their own. Even if you're watering your own plants, you didn't put the water line in most of the time, right? I mean, it takes a village, right. but we have been programmed to think it doesn't. And so it's really important that we go back to go, you know, to think about community and share and to, to, to shed off some of this individualistic thinking and propaganda that's been, you know, sold to us and pumped into our heads mm-hmm. through different institutions and, and through, you know, commercials and, and you know, pro- companies that just profit from right. it. You know, that makes me think a lot about um, yerba buena and mint. Um, it, my experience, I've had it, you know, at, an, at another house and it grew everywhere. We had to like contain it right? <laughs> because it just grew at my mom's house, the same thing. And so here we planted it and it hasn't grown. And I'm like, oh, well, there's nothing that we're doing differently. It has to be something in the soil that's not like really nutritious, you know, for it to grow. But um, but yeah, so <laughs> different plants, you know, um, like you said, they, they know what they need, right? And where they would um, thrive. I guess. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's important for us not to try to force it. Right. You know, and also because it's, it's like you're having a relationship with that plant. And just, you know, sometimes talking to it, sometimes asking it, you know, okay, I guess, you you know, you don't want to be here. Okay, I'll try you over here. And, and 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 being okay with that instead of taking it so personal, like, oh, I'm so bad with plants. Or, I mean, it's just. <laughs> That's true. It's true. That's my default. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's also like, it's a skill that people develop, you know, that, that for generations, you know, people who really farm their land or really grow things and, and have food forests. I mean, it's, it's some, it's a skill. Right. And it's something that needs to be developed. And I think sometimes because we see, we can, we look down on farm workers mm-hmm. as a low skill job, we, um, we tend to just think it's easy. Oh, we're just going to plant my own home garden. It's going to be great because, you know, and, and no, it's it's just as specialized as someone being a doctor or a lawyer, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important to, to note as well is that it's it's a skill that gets developed and mm-hmm. that gets honed and it's a science and it's chemistry right. and it's it's a lot of things that have to happen in order for you to, you know, to produce enough food to feed yourself and feed other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you teach people, uh, perhaps, you know, our own gente, how to embrace traditional food ways? Oh, I really just try to help them remember, like, what was your grandmother cooking? Mm-hmm. You know, how was your grandparents living? How was your grethia? You know, what were they doing? What were they eating? You know, what were they not eating? Did you see your grandmother stuffing hot Cheetos, you know, in her mouth? Most of us, uh, no. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe the kids nowadays, you know, these young, you know, uh, right. as the generations have gone on, yet most of us, you know, we didn't see that. So I just try to encourage people to remember and to 
and to hold on to that memory and the way to keep it alive is to bring it to bring it back use it on a daily basis think about that bring that spirit that energy into the kitchen into your home with you mm-hmm. and um and and not get so overwhelmed by okay you know look at your pantry okay get rid of this get rid of that get you know because it that can be really overwhelming so mm-hmm. i'm i'm also a big fan of just a, a little bit at a time you know like okay hey maybe you know take out this you know whole milk and try mm-hmm. an al- milk alternative, right. right? And that might be the one thing you know that I'm that I suggest the family to do to start. Mm-hmm. And 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 to me, that's good enough, you know. And and it, because it's it it we culturally, it's it took me a long time right. to really to really be able to understand that a plate of of food without any meat or cheese on it is a full meal. <laughs> right, right. Yes, it's true. And it's, it's true. a cultural shift. And mm-hmm. it's it's not we're, it's not that our ancestors weren't doing it. It's just that, you know, again, we've been socialized and sold to to eat a certain way. And it's just going back. It's remembering Mm -hmm. how we used to eat and enjoying that and thinking about, you know, how is this good for the planet? Is this, is this harming the planet? Is it harming my body? Mm -hmm. Is it harming my mind? You know, my gut, right. And really going back into have, having relationship with the food and the things that we consume and being present with it instead of just mindlessly eating. And, um, and that, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. It doesn't really happen overnight. Right. right. You know, it's a journey. And I I do know that that's particularly hard in places like this, right? Where meat is everywhere. Like Texas is a big meat producer, right? And, um, and to think that you can have a full meal without, without meat. Um, it's taken me also a long time to like, cause I'm used to, I'm used to having like a piece of chicken or, you know, whatever that might be. Yes. Uh, but I've had meals where there's no meat and I'm like completely satisfied and, you know, full and everything. Um, and it just makes me think also culturally, right? Um, my husband, um, is from Ohio and, you know, in, in Latin American culture, soups are very common, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a meal, a whole soup, you yes. know, it's a meal. And um, when I started, when we started eating together and I would make soups, he's like, oh, okay, and what else? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is the meal. <laughs> yes. Because in American culture, you know, in general, like soups are starters, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like your appetizer or whatever. And then you have like a full meal. And, um, and then we have so many other, you know, sopa de pollo, caldo de pollo. Right, menudo, pozole. All of those yes. that are like full meals, right? Um, so that culturally, right, we also um, have to like think about how, well, really look, look at what's in front of us, right? It, it's, 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 it is a whole meal, right? To have, to have um, even, you know, vegetable soup with cheese or something yes. right it's a it's a right. meal yeah especially you know if you you know you have tortillas and you have the lime and you have the cilantro and you have you have all the accoutrements right right, that, right, that right. you need and i think that when you start to look about you know um even current current indigenous communities it doesn't have to be community indigenous communities from the past current mm-hmm, indigenous right. communities all over the world mm-hmm. have a lot of soup because it's it's also a way to preserve your food right right and to and to make more of little, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a current and past indigenous way of, of eating. Right, right. Um, that's another thing. That's very very important that you say that, right? So indigenous cultures, we don't we we shouldn't be thinking about you know this is how they used to do it or 
but this is how we're still doing it, right? Absolutely. It's like indigenous uh, peoples and cultures are here today and alive, thriving, and producing, right? Absolutely. Um, great uh, food and, and practices that continue to, to be passed on generation um, to generation and that we should, you know, cultivate even more with, with our own families and, and kids. Right. And even our own local, our local tribes, right, and local organizations, right? Like here in San Antonio, we have Americans of Indians in Texas, you know, that with the Tapilan and the Pogtekans, and there's, you know, people here that are growing food and that are, you know, and communing. So it's really important that wherever we are that, yes, that... It's not just about going back into our own um, lineage. It's also about also recognizing who are the who are the indigenous people present today in the community I'm in. Because some a lot of us have moved. A lot of people like you're in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Ohio has its own indigenous right. population, right? right? And mm -hmm. so now you're here in San Antonio. And so it's you know it's like who who are who and what are, are doing the things now? And how can I support that? How can I learn? How can I? Because it's those people who really know how to work with the with this environment right 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 um and also you know i've lived in different states and also mm, the presence of indigenous groups is very different like from texas to oklahoma to ohio um very different and very um what would i say um celebrated differently absolutely well. mm -hmm. absolutely and definitely texas is you know the government and you know in the history books of texas have done really good job of thinking that indigenous people are from the past and mm -hmm. are currently here. Right. And so that's why it's even more important to, you know, to learn about, you know, the indigenous peoples that are here and have Local. been here and that are still here. Right. And, you know. right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, so talk to us a little bit about La Botanica. Mm -hmm. What is La Botanica? <laughs> yeah. La Botanica, it, right now, it's no longer brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're doing, we do pop-up events and, right now and some and catering and and so we're kind of floating out there you know in in the in the universe and um it started off as this uh, understanding that food is medicine and so it was a vegan brick and mortar restaurant uh, the bar was vegan but it was also a movement of community so um it was a venue where we had bands and lots of nonprofits would use it to um, raise funds, and it was a, a safer space for LGBTQIA uh, folks, you know, undocumented folks. It was known as a safer space here in town, and it still is when we pop up. You know, people know that if they come to Botanica, you know, they know the energy that we're bringing. They know what we represent, and they know that, it, you know, they understand that it's about culture as well, right, and and, and keeping it alive and, and um and having that experience of la cultura, la cultura cura, mm -hmm. sana sana vibes, you yeah. know, those those kind of, that kind of energy, mm -hmm. uh, lots of dancing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, lots of good times supporting local artists, local vendors, um, all the other local chefs as well. Um, and always with that mindset of, you know, um, what are we doing to heal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why the name is La Botanica, because people go, La Botanica, that's, you know, do you have herbs there? Do you sure. sell, you yeah. know? And I'm like, yeah, technically, you know, I've got cilantro, I got rosemary, you know, and I, I've got these things. And it's this understanding that food is medicine mm -hmm. and we should be using food in a way that is healing um, and and not just, in, like I was saying earlier, not just in this mindless way of, let me just stuff something in my mouth mm -hmm. so that I can, you know, get through the day and not really think about it. And so... Um, you know, it's, I see how our populations are really hurting from their diets mm -hmm. and, 
and so for me, it's also this mission of, of going, hey, you know, we really, we deserve to be alive and thriving and being our best selves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there, there's a lot of, you know, racism towards us. I know there's a lot of internalized racism that we have. And how can we help each other heal from that so that we feel good enough to eat these beautiful foods that our ancestors, you know, felt good enough to eat. Right. And, and so that's a big part of it. And that in a lot of my work back in the day was in San Diego. And I was, that's where I really started to get into vegan food and cooking. And I had family back in, in, in Texas going, hey, you know, my doctor said, uh, you know, I have diabetes. My doctor said I need to, you know, eat this way. And how do I do it? What do I do? And, and I'd left San Diego to come back to San Antonio because I was like, the work is here. You know, people in San Diego, they have lots of vegan and plant-based, plant-based options. And not that there's not work to do in that community as well, but I just thought, you know what, I need to come home and do and do this mm-hmm. uh, work here. And so here I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, what are you working on at the moment? Mm, yeah, I, I saw that question. I was like, that's a good one. Um, well, I mean... Really, what a lot of our attention is on right now is that we uh, we are we got a grant uh, through Methodist Health Ministries to work with another um, uh, business uh, that I'm part of called Sanate Healing and Cultura, mm-hmm. and they have uh, granted us some uh, money to work here on the south side of San Antonio mm-hmm. and to do traditional uh, healing through food, through music through theater and and so we are developing the program currently right now and hoping to um to start pilot piloting it here mm-hmm. um in october and then um continue have the full program starting um in january and so it's a three-year grant so mm-hmm. we're really excited to have that and the idea is that you know we we help start it we get you know we work with the community and then we kind of step out of the way and let other people you know um, take charge mm-hmm. and continue it and that it continues to, to live on mm-hmm. so and we find other funding and we find you know other ways to to continue it so um, sustainability is part of that plan absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely that's great mm-hmm. that's great um, Rebel is there anything else you want to add to this conversation and the wonderful work that you're doing I'm excited about this project in the south side for sure thank you yeah I'll keep you posted um yeah no I think I just you know I want to thank you so much for inviting me I feel honored you know that you asked and I'm really glad that you have this podcast you know it's really important that we continue to tell our stories I mean that's another you know um, way to keep our you know indigeneity alive is, is storytelling and and uh, it helps keep our ancestors alive and and helps our little ones and all the ages right like have something to live for so I think it's really beautiful what you're doing so thank you for having me here today Gracias por esta conversación. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Gracias.